I, I hadn't seen that yet. I mean, I, I guess I was just thinking the Lord's Prayer was going to be a little more subdued. Um, but no, not at Parkview. Welcome. We are glad that you are here. Um, uh, we're packing meals this weekend. I'll, I'll talk some more about that in just a second. I want to welcome you at Homer Glen at New Lenox, Orland Park, and online. We are really glad to have you with us. Let me uh, start. I, I want to update you on that, but let me update you on some leadership stuff, okay? Um, I'm not going to live forever, okay? Uh, I know that's kind of shocking. The queen did pretty well, but um, the truth is I'm a couple of months away from being the senior pastor of this church as long as Jesus was alive on this earth, okay? And that's 33 years in case you didn't know. So the leadership team and I uh, and the elders uh, have been working and planning for my succession because you got to plan ahead for these things. And we've been planning for about three years now. And first of all, before you like freak out, let me say that it's not going to happen anytime soon. Uh, or before you get happy and applaud. Let me just say that it's not going to happen anytime soon. I don't want to assume, okay? Um, I do not have something else I want to do. Uh, as a matter of fact, I absolutely love my job. I got tired of doing uh, at the movies because I didn't get to preach enough. So, you know, come back to live preaching. I am not burned out. Um, you know, uh, the PGA hasn't been calling. Uh, the LIV tour won't even allow me in. And the Chippendales have not returned any of my calls. So... <laughs> I don't really have anything else I want to do, but at some point, we need to figure out who's going to do this after me. And we told a lot of you back at the first of the year that we were looking to expand the bench by hiring a young teaching pastor. And since that time, we decided that expanding the bench is going to make the most sense by actually going out and trying to find a person that we believe has the ability to lead when it's time for me to pass the baton on to them, whenever that is, okay? And speaking of passing the baton, I, I looked this up this week. The truth is that you run the race faster in a relay than you do as one individual, okay? The record for the 400 meters right now is around 43 seconds set by one person. But the record for the 4 by 100 relay is 37 seconds with four runners passing the baton. And at the bottom of my heart, I want Parkview to win. I don't want to be the only runner and, and not get to the, to, the, to the prize as fast as we can. And the key is to have good runners and have an effective baton pass. We all know this, right? So what we're going to do is we're going to start looking for the next teammate. And that pass won't happen for a while, and it's probably going to take a while to figure it out. It could take a year or more to even identify the person, and then there will be a significant time of transition, and then I will get out of the way for a little while to give them the freedom to lead, and then we will figure out what ways I can cheer on my teammate from the sideline, okay? That's how it's going to go, and I don't know when. It's not going to be anytime soon. My heart will always be here. Um, we've come so far, and um, my, the journey's just been amazing, and I want to see where God can take this. And I still want the prayer of Jabez. I still want to see our territory enlarged at Parkview, okay? And it was never my prayer. It was our prayer. It was never, it's never my church. It's, it, it's never about me. As a matter of fact, um, it might be interesting for you to know that scripturally, in Leviticus, the high priest was only allowed to lead for 25 years. And, that was, and then he was supposed to step down and assist the brothers because God knew that that was healthy. And so again, the only reason I'm telling you this is that we want to communicate clearly to you. We would not want you to find out that we're out there looking for the next person and you didn't know what was going on um, and then start wondering what's going on and, you know, what's going on with Tim and, you know, is anything wrong? There's nothing wrong. 
The reason we're looking is I'm 61, and this will not be a quick process. So after investing 34 or 35 or 36 years in this place, whatever, the most important thing to me is that we continue to reach and raise and release for decades to come. So please join me in praying that prayer, all right? Second thing is this generosity deal. Before I get into this new series um, that, that I'm really excited about because I think we need it, I just want to thank you for your generosity for the past couple of weekends in assisting those who have been impacted by Hurricane Ian. I don't know if I even mentioned this, but I was actually in Orlando for a conference as the thing was coming in. We were supposed to be at a conference from Tuesday to Thursday in Orlando, and uh, the fire marshal came in and said, you guys are going home. So I jumped on a flight and got out of there, okay? Uh, but you've seen what happened down there. And thanks to you, we were able to partner with Convoy of Hope to send an entire semi-truck full of supplies to, the, to Florida to those who are in need. Isn't that great? That's all ours, okay, on its way down. So today we're going to give you another opportunity to help those in need, not the hurricane, but our local places. You saw the packaging uh, places around the, your campus if you came in, and if you're online, we'll give you the opportunity to give to that at the very least. We have over a thousand volunteers today at three campuses that are packing three, uh, 30,000 plus meals is what our goal is going to be. That also includes some vitamin supplements that it will make this like a superfood. You know, if you're watching Dr. Oz, it'll be a superfood, okay, for them as we give it to them. And these meals will be delivered to our local mission partners like Morningstar Mission, Chicagoland Food Depository, Joliet Salvation Army, and our local community food pantries. It's one of the things we do really well as a large church. And here's where you come in. If we did not budget for this opportunity. This is something we are confident that God wants us to do to serve our community. So if every one of our attenders this weekend will just throw in a few extra dollars, we can easily cover the cost of 30,000 meals plus some and provide support to the families in our area that are experiencing food insecurity. And you know that's getting worse as inflation goes up, right? It's in times like this where the power of we is so incredible. And if, any, if everybody just does a little bit of something, we can do something in a way that one individual can never do. And, and it doesn't matter how much you give, just give something. We just want you to feel the joy of giving. So all you need to do is text GIVE to 65649. Just text GIVE to 65649 if you want to give digitally. If you want to give in person, there's an envelope in front of you and drop your offering at, in the silver boxes on the way out at all of our campuses. And I just want you to understand how much I love this church. I want you to understand how hard that first announcement was and how much I love this church. And that's why the first and the second announcement goes together because it's not about me, it's about us. And uh, we've still got a lot of work to do, all right? Let's talk about how life is going right now. First of all, I want you to know that uh, even though it's not even Halloween yet, um, some of the Christmas stuff is coming out already. Like here is the Die Hard Advent calendar. Is that awesome? I mean, I'm definitely getting that. I don't know why it's so much, but that's definitely every day Hans Gruber fars farther and farther down the Naka, Nakatomi, was that how it was? Nakatomi Tower or whatever it was called. Um, sometimes, however, that picture feels like exactly what is going on in our life, doesn't it? So we're going to do five weeks on the Lord's Prayer, you guys. 
we're going to do five weeks on the Lord's Prayer. We're just going to break it all up, right? Our Father who art in heaven is today. I want to encourage you to be here every week for this because this is the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray, but it's also the prayer that we know that we need when life is hard. I was reading a biography recently on Patton in World War II, and there was just this phrase that stuck out at me that, that in the foxhole, they would, you know, they would hear the, the rosary and they would hear the, the prayers of the Lord's Prayer over and over again. And let's just admit for a little while that it feels a little bit like a war zone out there, right? And I want to equip you for handling life when the bullets are flying. Mother Teresa said, you will never know that Jesus is all you need until Jesus is all you have, okay? So here's the backup to the story. One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, okay? This is super important. Out of all the things that they could have asked Jesus, teach us to pray, not teach us to multiply the loaves and fish, not teach us to walk on water, not teach us to calm the storm or heal the blind people or raise the dead, but teach us to pray. Somehow, somehow they realized after watching Jesus for so long, the source of his power. And that's really what we all want, isn't it? It's the source of the power. I don't need to know how to do the miracles. I want to know the power that gave him the ability to do the miracles. And in the passage right before the Lord's Prayer, Jesus said, listen, don't pray like the religious leaders. And they were like, wait, I thought I was supposed to pray like them. They're the religious leaders. And Jesus is like, no, I I don't want you to do that because they pray for show. Because for many of them, their prayers had become a formal, lifeless ritual, okay? And the Jews had 18 little prayers that they would pray three times a day and for every occasion, and it became just this ritual. And it was not bad because they were Psalms, but, you know, I mean, it just became like, it became like accidentally saying, I love you to someone. Have you ever done that? I I had a staff member who told me one time he did that to the Verizon guy on the phone. You know, all right, thanks for your help. Love you. I mean... You pretty much just hang up and switch to AT&T at that point, right? (laughs) Because this is not about the right words or the wrong words. This is about what's behind the words, okay? And the reason I bring this up is because a lot of you know the Lord's Prayer. A lot of you grew up with the Lord's Prayer. A lot of you have said the Lord's Prayer over and over again, but the, the words really didn't mean anything to you. Or if they did, you only had a partial understanding, so for five weeks, you need, to, you need to hear all of these. For five weeks, we're going to dig in and let you understand this prayer. And then you can just pray, pray the foxholes all you want to as we go forward. Ironically, this prayer that Jesus gave us has become the kind of prayer that he warned us against. But that's kind of how the whole thing works, right? It's a prayer that people just go through. It's like rub-a-dub-dub, thanks for the grub, yay God. I mean, it has that, about that much meaning, right? But think about this in, in, in relation to your wedding vows if you're married, right? Uh, you know the vow was important, right? I've heard plenty of people, however, recite the regular vows. You know, I take you, better for worse, richer for poorer, blah, blah, blah. And keep them like my parents who've been married for 63 years and my in-laws who were married for that long before one of them passed away. And I've known others who wrote these very, very verbose, beautiful vows, but didn't really mean it, okay? Might as well have been ring-a-ding-ding, thanks for the ring. Yay, marriage, okay? Because it's 
all about, don't anybody use that, okay? <laughs> it's all about the heart, okay? I, I wish I had a nickel for every time that I have said this phrase to you as your pastor. It's not about the words, it's all about the heart. I mean, it's, it's not about the actions, it's all about the heart. So what we want to do in this series is really think about what we're saying in our heart, okay? And then we can put it together with great meaning and it will be amazing, all right? Here we go. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. There's so much packed in those first two words, you guys. This is a picture of me and my mom and dad when I was little. Yep, that's me. <clears throat> look, at, look, at, look at my face. I'm like, I look kind of scared or, 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 or mentally incapacitated or something. I don't, I don't know what it is. I, I look kind of afraid in this picture. I love this one, you know. I mean, it, my, it, it looks like as a toddler, I was like, oh, my parents are so messed up. My life is so messed up. I don't know what's going to happen. But, but thankfully for me, my toddler fears were very unfounded. My parents aren't perfect, but everything turned out really well. They're amazing, selfless servants of God and couldn't have done more for me. Again, married 63 years. My sister and I are very blessed. I'm one of the lucky ones. And I'm grateful for what I had. And I'm committed to making that happen with my kids and my grandkids. And maybe you didn't have that. And I understand that can make this first two words a little bit of a hard concept to grab a hold of. But the concept of a good heavenly father is important, maybe even more important to you if you didn't have a good earthly father. Now, here's the deal about this, okay? What you don't realize is that in the Old Testament, God is only referred to a, as a father in a general sense, never in a personal sense. Jesus uses the word Abba, which is the word for daddy. And I'm sorry if Dancing Queen just popped into your head. And if it did, you're old and maybe you should think about retiring, okay? But all I'm saying is Abba Father was never used as a term in the Old Testament. One New Testament scholar studied all the prayer literature in ancient Judaism and could not find one example of where God was addressed as Abba Father. Not even just in scripture, but all the extra scripture. Because it was a concept that was not known to them. It, it was a concept that was forbidden to them. So when Jesus comes along and he says, our daddy who is in heaven, here's how you should pray. Our daddy who's in heaven. I don't know if they even heard the rest of the prayer. Because it would have blown their minds. But this is the basis that we go to God in prayer with. This is a game changer. This is the close relationship between a father and a child. So Jesus, in starting the prayer this way, he's inviting them, he's giving them permission to approach the deity as daddy. This then is how you should pray. Our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Okay? This then is how you should pray. This is not just how I should pray. This is how you should pray. So let me just stop for a minute right here at the beginning and ask you to think about the basis 
for your prayer life, the basis for your relationship with God. What is that relationship based on? You see, for most of us, whether we know it or not, we've developed kind of a business partner relationship with God, you know, where there's mutual contribution. There's mutual benefit like any good partnership. Both parties are going to be benefiting from it, right? And if somebody doesn't benefit from it, then the conditions aren't met, then the partnership gets dissolved. That's how it works. Or maybe you, maybe you see it as a job, you know, like he's my boss and I'm his employee. No one who works for me, I just want you to understand this, no one who works for me ever comes up and gives me a hug on payday. Oh, thank you, benevolent boss. If they did, I'd be double-checking some things behind the scenes, right? I mean, right? Most of you look at your pay stub and you think, this should be more, right? <laughs> With all this inflation, I mean, it might be okay if I lived in Indiana, but I, I don't. I live here, okay? And you aren't excited because it's not a gift, it's a payment. <clears throat> and our Father in heaven is not our business partner and he's not our boss because he's not conditional. He's unconditional. And you may not always understand his wisdom like I didn't always understand my Father's wisdom, but this is a relationship that's based on love. Richard Foster writes this brilliantly. Prayer is about having a loving relationship, an enduring, continuing, growing love relationship with the great God of the universe. And overwhelming love invites a response. To be effective prayers, we need to be effective lovers of God. Not afraid of God, not business partners with God, but lovers of God. And then he goes on to quote the, the rhyme of the ancient mariner. He says, he that prayeth well, loveth well. Real prayer comes from a loving personal relationship. All right, another, uh, another implication of our father is that it's immediate access. That you can go directly to God anywhere, anytime. You don't have to take a number. You're not going to be put on hold. He's your father, right? Back before cell phones, when I was raising my kids, my girls always had access to me if they needed it. And now, of course, it's even easier. My daughters call all the time. Not because they want to talk to me, because one of their kids wants to talk to Nana. <clears throat> So I almost always pick up my FaceTime call because I know that they are probably only calling me because Denise missed her FaceTime call and I'm going to pick it up. Because if one of my kids or grandkids calls me, I almost always interrupt what I'm doing and take the call. Even my executive team knows this, right? And that's not true for anyone else. They could call me whenever they want and I'm not going to pick up. Okay, I have a lot of people that want a piece of my time and a lot of staff and a lot of parishioners and, and good friends. And, and if, if I'm doing something important, they're going to have to wait, but not my family. So Jesus begins, our Father, not our King, not our Master, not our Lord, not our Creator of the universe, even though He is all of those things. All of those are good and true, but our Father is the basis for how the relationship is supposed to go. Because that's how you address someone in a relationship. If I have to go to court, and we should keep praying about that, but if I have to go to court, and so far, so good, I would address the judge as your honor, not, hey, Bob, right? If I got to miss, meet the president, I, I would say, hello, Mr. President, or Mrs. President, if that case comes, you know, before the end of the term. When I talk to my dad... <clears throat> 
I don't say, thank you. I don't say, <clears throat> I don't say, hello, Mr. Harlow. I don't even call him Dan. It's that. You get that? So when Jesus says, here's how you pray, it may feel foreign to you, but I promise you, Jesus told us, this is what you pray. Hi, Dad. Hi, hi Daddy. And the most important thing I can tell you about how to pray in a foxhole starts right there. So what I'm saying is, if you can grab a hold of the first two words of this prayer, everything else changes. Paul said, if God is for us, who can be against us? Since he did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? Our Father in heaven. What's that all about? Okay, well, think about it. I mean, I'm not some brilliant Bible scholar. It's pretty simple. Our daddy, he's close to us. He loves us, but he's in heaven, right? Is that far away? No, no, no. This brings comfort and security. This talks about his perspective, his strength, his, the trust that we can have in him as a father. Our father in heaven, outside space and time. A good example of this is the book of Job. I mean, it's a, it's a hard book to read through because Job loses everything that means anything to him. All of his livelihood and his sons and his daughters all die in an accident. And he gets sores all over his body and, and everything falls apart. And so he begins to question God. And, and he, he says, if you love me, then why don't you? And if you can, then why haven't you? All those things that you've prayed, those same question prayers to God when you've been in a hard situation. And God listens for a while. And Job may be the oldest book of the Bible, by the way. That's what scholars believe. Job listens for a while. And finally, God says, okay, Job. <laughs> and I love this line. He says, brace yourself, Job, like a man. Okay. Put, 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 on your, put on your big boy pants, Job, because we're going to have a conversation. Let me just say, if God says to you, brace yourself like a man, it's probably not going to be a good conversation. And here's what God goes off and does for like three chapters at the end of Job. Job says, listen, were you around when I laid the foundations of the earth? Do you know where the edge of the, of the oceans are allowed to go? Do you know how many snowflakes there are in the sky? Can you move the stars Job, he just says, Job, are you God? Don't forget that I am, right? I am God. My thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways, Isaiah says. As the heavens are higher than the earth, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts, and my ways are higher than your ways. That, that's good in heaven, okay? Not far away in heaven, because he's also obviously right here through Jesus living in us. And there's something comforting about a God that cannot be contained and does not need to explain himself. So what do we do with that? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, okay? Hallowed is not a word that we commonly use, but I don't like the other translations. Because it's more than holy. It's more than honored. It, it, it's something deeper than that. It's not just putting something in first place. 
hallowed be thy name, is not just putting something in first place. It's putting God in a category of his own. Our daddy who loves us, who is in heaven and knows how many snowflakes are going to fall this year in Chicago, can look down on us and take care of us because he is in a completely different category. He's on a different level. So here's a definition. Hallowed would be to make something sacred or the absolute ultimate. So when and that, so that's why when we quote this in a minute, we're going to just keep hallowed. I know I know it's a word we don't use, but we're going to keep it. When we are hallowing God's name, we are saying, God, you have no equal. Our hope is in you. Our hope is in you alone. And what happens for us a lot, and, and our prayers tend to reveal this, is that we tend to hallow other things without really knowing it. Right? I mean... How many of you would say right now, maybe you've been hallowing your financial situation? You freaked out at the beginning of COVID and then, um, you know, maybe you got some extra money. Um, but now this whole inflation thing and, and uh, maybe you were hallowing that. How many of you would say that you were hallowing a romantic relationship? And even if it goes well. That's a real problem if you're on the other side of it and they have to try to be God for you. And if it doesn't go well, well we all know what a problem that is. Maybe uh, as the midterms are coming up, maybe it's a political reality. Have we started hallowing our political situation wherever we are with it and finding hope in these things? Finding, trying to find strength in those things. I mean, it may work for a while, but it doesn't last for long. And it certainly doesn't work when you're in the foxhole. So this is your question. What are you hallowing, maybe, instead of God? Just ask yourself that today. Ask yourself that this week. Hey, I might have been hallowing my job. You, You want honesty from me? I may have been hallowing my job the way it used to be before the pandemic and social unrest of the last few years. I may have been hallowing my job just as something that gives me identity and and a feeling of importance. I mean, our jobs do that for all of us. I may have been hallowing the cost of living. I didn't realize, you know that I was until inflation kicked in, but I think I was. Because I guarantee you, as a 61-year-old guy who's thinking about my retirement, I was hallowing my investment portfolio. I don't know about you, but I've lost a lot of money recently. I don't know if the people who manage my money are bad at it, but is that happening to you and your retirement funds? Here's, Here's what I know. I didn't hallow that stuff as much 20 years ago. You know, we have done well, and the church has been generous to make things work out, and I don't have anything to worry about, but I don't have a backup plan. I don't have rich parents. If mine don't hurry up and die, I might not get anything out of them. (laughs) Just kidding, Mom. You know I love you. And that's why we need this prayer you guys. Maybe not you, but I do, okay? My real dad, 
who lives in eternal power in heaven, he is my backup plan. Actually, our Father in heaven is my front-up plan. I don't need a backup. Can I say that again? Our Father in heaven is my front-up plan. I don't need a backup. When our spirits rise and fall with how things are going, who is running for office, how things are going with the Supreme Court, what decisions are being made, the interest rate, the cost of living, hurricane, crime, and what happens with cashless bail on January 1st, we can't help but be anxious. But I don't even know if anxious is a strong enough word. However, when our spirits are connected to intentional prayer, to know and hallow God and hallow his name, it puts everything else into a different perspective. It allows us to see that God alone is worthy and can be trusted and that our hope and our peace is in him. Those things get restored. And if my nest egg falls out of the tree and I end up mowing the grass at a golf course, listening to Yacht Rock on my headphones for the rest of my life, I know God is in control. And honestly, that doesn't sound bad anyway. Uh, Our tendency is to get really obsessed when the mountains are in the way, you know? But what we really need is to, to get the mountain mover moving, right? What I really need is to give attention to God and who he is. So Jesus prays, our Father. And this is the prayer that we have. It's all about a relationship that is allowed. It's possible with God through Christ that we have been adopted into God's family through Jesus. So not everyone has this privilege. Not everyone has the ability to come to God and say, Abba, Father. It's those who put their trust in Jesus. But Jesus said this, if you then though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. And and, and he doesn't mean we're evil. He means we're not perfect, okay? How much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? How much more? So here's the deal. We're trying to help you with this. We're going to do, we're doing, we're putting together a daily devotional that we're putting together right now. It's going to start tomorrow and it's go up through Thanksgiving and it's going to be some personal challenges and it's, it's 40 days. It's going to end at Thanksgiving. It's really cool. And the plan is to release a short video devotional every day for 40 days on our website and we'll connect on social media too. And, and we'll give you uh, weekly messages on things to help keep you connected along the way. And all you got to do if you want to get signed up, it's free, is text 40 days to 65649, text 40 days to 65649, and, and we will get you on the list and we will send it to you. And we also have an option to subscribe to a calendar notification. That's how I do it, so that every morning I'm going to see it and it will help me to establish those rhythms and it will be there. And the code, don't worry if you didn't get all that, uh, 40 days to 65649, but the code is going to be on the screen during our communion time. So if you miss it, you know, don't worry about that. We'll, we'll get it. We'll get you the information. All right. I want to close out. We're going to close out by singing Good, Good Father in a minute. It just seemed like the obvious thing that we needed to do if we're going to understand this. And, and I want to read you my favorite passage about God in the Bible. It's an obscure text in the Old Testament from the prophet Zephaniah. And then we'll repeat the Lord's Prayer together, and and then we'll sing. Here's the text. The Lord your God, normally prophets are like, God's mad at you, you people suck, this is bad, right? But this is different. Zephaniah is, is, is telling us who God really is. 
The Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He will take great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. That doesn't sound very prophetic, does it? But he will, he takes great delight in you. That sounds like a proud papa to me. That sounds like, you know, here's my kids, here's my grandkids. I take great delight in you. And your question is going to be, well, wait a minute, how could he take delight in me? When exactly? I don't do a whole lot to make him proud. Well, you know what? Sometimes my kids and my grandkids disappoint me too, but I always love them. And there were times when my kids were little and times now when my grandkids are little that we just connect out on the trampoline when they come home from a an event when they come home from church camp, whatever, from school, and they're excited about something. And I listen, and I laugh, and I delight in them. Now it's the grandkids. And, and you know, they're eight on down, and, you know, they're, they're telling me things, you know, about stuff I don't even really understand, like Pokemon. And let me just help you to understand that when your five-year-old with a speech impediment is trying to explain Pokemon characters to you, it's a real struggle. But I listen, and I act like I understand, and I delight in them. And then it says, he will quiet you with his love. I think that's probably the part we all need to hear right now. It wasn't easy in the middle of the night to go help my kids when they were awake for some reason. And yeah, I did, I probably, you know, ignored them and let Denise deal with it more than I should have. But there were times when they needed their daddy. There were some heartbreaks that needed daddy's shoulder. So I ask you, have you had any bad dreams lately? Falling out of bed? He will quiet you with his love. And if that doesn't blow you away, listen to this. He will rejoice over you with singing. I mean, your first mental image is like singing Jesus loves me to your kids at night or your grandkids at night. But the original language, this is actually, it, the verb here is originally means to spin around with intense motion. It literally means that God dances with you, that your daddy likes to dance with you. Now think about that in your family. Aren't some of your best memories as a parent, some of your best videos as a parent when you were dancing and the music was thumping and for some reason everybody just was dancing for something, some reason? Usually somewhere along the way when you're dancing with your little ones, you would pick them up and swing them around with intense motion, right? exactly the verb to describe how God feels about you. And then, of course, for those of you who have daughters, you're going to have to get through this someday. It'll be the best moment of your life. I'm not even going to look over there at it because <laughs> I won't be able to keep it together. Every daddy-daughter dance I got to be a part of. And that's how your father feels about you. Now, can you let that description 
be your new thought about God as we pray the Lord's Prayer together. Would you stand up with me? The band's going to come out. And we're going to do good, good Father. And I want to pray this. I'll put the words up. We're going to do trespasses. Going to do some of the old English kind of version because that's what you memorized anyway. If you know it, bow your heads. doesn't matter one way or another. Just remember the first two words and how important they are. And let's do this together. Are you ready? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Because you are a good, good father.